the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Welcome to The Firing Line with Philip Naiman. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, CCW Safe, Cutting Edge Bullets, Vortex Optics, Vortex, the force of optics, and by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Neyman. This is the Thanksgiving edition because, well, it was Thanksgiving a couple of days ago, and we do have a lot to be thankful for. Uh, we also, here in California, are celebrating the world's giantest turkey, Gavin Newsom. Um, this guy is doing everything he can to destroy our state, destroy our way of life, and he's probably even going to appoint himself as a senator uh, to replace Kami Harris. So, you know, we've got so much thing, so many great things in California to be thankful for. Um, just to, unfortunately, our governor is not one of them. So although they're trying to shut everything down, change your way of life and just be the general bad socialists that they are, we have to succeed in spite of them. Now, this particular show, although we're going to talk about Thanksgiving, we're going to talk about other stuff. I just want to spend a little bit of time with an old friend. Um, talking about unbelievable accomplishments, things that you've never seen before. He's been on the show several times. He's a great guy. His name is Lou Misterly. And Lou's going to be joining us here, regaling us with tales of bravado and expertise and uh, just some amazing stories of the life that this man has lived. And so, folks, welcome uh, Lou Misterly to the show. Lou, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing just fine. So we're talking about, except I'm mean, stuck in California with a, a <laughs> the communist manifesto being written into our rules every single day. They just came out, um, this, this COVID scamdemic, and I'm sorry, man. I know that people have gotten sick and some people have died, but people get sick and people die all the time, my father included. You know, things happen. And the push behind this this illness is unbelievable. Um, you're looking at something with a 98.6% chance of survivability, but we want to shut down the entire world over it. And at the same time, while we're shutting down the world, let's just take away everybody's freedoms as we go forward. And that's, that's what I'm really bothered about. I think if, 
as you hear people talk about, uh, they want to be pro-choice. Well, why can't we be pro-choice here? If you are, are concerned about the virus, you should wear a mask. If you're not concerned about it, fine. Um, we have to make decisions in our lives every day based on the information we have. And frankly, the information I'm receiving from Gabby Newsom, um, I, don't, I don't trust. And so we're having a large party for Thanksgiving. Uh, the sheriffs are welcome to come knock on the door if they would like. We're going to have a large party, and we were going to have a turkey named Gavin. But I just found out what a turkey named Gavin has been stuffed with. So it's so full of that, we don't want to have that turkey. Anyway, so that's that's some of the things that we're facing here in California. Lou, you you flew the coop. You're out there in Utah now in a beautiful part of southern Utah. Um, Washington, is it? That yeah, area? Washington, Utah. Just outside kind of, of St. Yeah, just kind of a suburb, kind of a the palace area of St. George, Utah. <laughs> it's a beautiful place. Pretty, pretty and, nice. Yeah, you've been I mean, out there for fun, a few years. Fun part of me living up here is that my my trophy room is appreciated. It's nice to go out and talk to people about hunting and guns and a variety of outdoor things. And they they enjoy it and they appreciate it. It's a different environment than Absolutely. I had in California. Born and raised in California and, and uh, downtown Los Angeles, Queenie Angels Hospital. And spent my whole business life there and my family life there. And then five years ago, I moved into Utah. I'm thoroughly enjoying it here. I'm telling you, it's a completely different environment. That it is. Hey, so... So those of you who haven't heard any of the shows we've had with Lou on before, Lou, just give us a real quick background about how you got into hunting and locally here. Well, I, I got into hunting when I was very young. My dad was a hunter, and uh, he was more of a bird hunter than a big game hunter. But uh, he would take me hunting at a very young age, and I got to carry the lunch. And uh, ultimately, just I just uh, moved into hunting basically at that point on my own. I had a cousin that that took me fishing when I was very young, early teens, 13. And uh, I would be out on the lake trolling with him and looking at the hillsides and wondering if I could see deer or some other wildlife. So it was, uh, it was the wildlife that intrigued me more than the fishing, although I do enjoy fishing very much. And then I just got started bird hunting, and one thing led to another. Shot my first big game animal, a Cogswell Dam up in San Gabriel Mountain, and that was a deer. Uh, a very, very proud day in my life. I couldn't believe that it happened. And in any event, uh, I was that. That's how I got started hunting locally. Then, then from that point, I traveled around to the states, most of the western states, Colorado. Wyoming, Utah, uh, Idaho, Montana, and hunted deer. And then I started hunting elk, uh, shot my first elk in 1971. And uh, uh, that, that was it. I was, I was totally hooked in. When was your first uh, international trip? My first international trip was in 1980. It was just after the war. Um, in Mozambique, and uh, I went. I went to Zimbabwe uh, on a, on a plains game and a buffalo hunt, 
And uh, that uh, that intrigued me so much. The dark continent is something else. I wound up ultimately going to Africa on 22 separate safaris, 22 separate years, and enjoyed everything about Africa immensely. So I've taken taken all of the African game. You know, Safari Club International has a a uh, program that where they uh, provide information about all the wildlife, all the animals involved, and uh, they've got it categorized. So you're able to plan your future hunt based on uh, some of their plateau accomplishments. And I didn't really get started on that first. First year I went to Zimbabwe, then I went for seven straight years back to Zimbabwe. Finally, the professional hunter there said, Lou, why don't you try some of the other areas in Africa? And that, that really got me started. From there, I've, I've hunted almost every, every country on that continent. I've taken all the accredited wildlife, which is 100 different species, and uh, enjoyed, enjoyed doing it. My favorite animal to hunt there is Cape Buffalo, and I've collected 50 of those. So it's... Uh, Still intrigues me. I, I don't go. I haven't been back to Africa since 2006. But the good Lord willing and, and my physical ability, I plan on returning someday in the not too distant future. Fantastic. Fifty buffalo. Yes, <laughs> buffalo. As, and, and and so we're going to talk a little bit about he he mentioned his trophy room and uh, folks, if you want to go see it, he he loves to open it up to people. But um, in his trophy room. And I, I was just there on our way back from Colorado on our hunt. We brought several friends through. You also have in Africa the the elands, which are the most amazing antelope I've ever seen. Give us a in the last next two minutes. Just tell us about those. Okay. Well, there's the Livingston eland, which is a more common eland, and then there's a giant eland, or called the Lord Lord Derby eland, or the giant eland. Um, I've taken those. I've taken Eland. There's uh, is also fantastic eating. So in, e- in Eland, and Eland is a giant, giant antelope, right? They have spiral horns, and the horns can get like right. three feet long, but they're thick, much thicker than a kudu's horn. The animal itself looks like a cross between a, a kudu and a cape buffalo. The the size yeah. is so immense. The necks on these things are maybe forty inches in diameter. That's the neck. yeah the 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 elon weigh weigh in excess of two thousand pounds. That's a very big antelope. <laughs> it's, that's a big lawnmower, right? So, it, hey, uh, hey, folks, uh, we're going to talk. We're going to talk a little bit more as we come back, and we're, we're running up on a break, loose. So I don't want to get on another subject, but um, we're going to talk more about hunting in, in America. I want to talk about Alaska in particular. I want to talk about uh, your tips for picking out a new guide. Um, if you're going to find somebody in a new area, what should you look for? Maybe you have some people you want to talk about. Um, also hunting opportunities in Wyoming. Uh, you've got a ranch there, so we'll talk about how to get involved with that. And then um, I think we're are, are going to sing us a Christmas carol before we go. 
Is that a no? Okay. So no Christmas carols, but I will try that every, every time we do hit a break on that. So, folks, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. Our podcasts are at FiringLineRadio.com. I'm here with Lou Misterly. Uh, Lou Misterly, the uh, World Hunter Award winner and a good friend. We'll be right back after this. AM 590, the answer. I wonder if this Christmas they'll begin to portion of the firing line is brought to you by bullseye sports in riverside all right you primitive screwheads listen up see this this is my boomstick That's right, folks. It's Boomstick Radio, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. Check us out at FiringLineRadio.com where you can get our podcasts and find out what's going on. This week, you know, we're getting up to Christmas time here, so we're going to do some special shows. But uh, this week, you need to go check out Bullseye Sport. Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo in Riverside, a corner of Arlington and Brockton. So head on down there to Vince. He's one of our great supporters. He's been with the show from the beginning. He's got a great selection of whatever's available. Now, if you've been to a gun store in the last year, you understand exactly what I'm saying. He's got a great selection of whatever's available. And that's just the way life is right now. But he's getting new stock in all the time. So call him, 951-823-0211, 951-823-0211, Bullseye Sport. And uh, say hi to Vince and support the shop because they're supporting you and they're keeping us on the air talking about Second Amendment and all the other great stuff that's involved. So we want to reward those who are who are doing the yeoman's work, and that's Bullseye Sports in Riverside. Okay, joining me back here, I have Lou Misterly. Uh, Lou Misterly is an unbelievable guy. If you've ever sat down with him and had an opportunity to, you'll, you'll understand what I'm talking about. He's got an amazing, a plethora of accomplishments that most of us will never will never understand, never do, and, and never had an opportunity to, but he's done it himself, and he's put forward this effort. Lou one of the things that um, most guys can eventually do is, is scrape up a few nickels for a, a guided hunt. And, you know, you've done many of them. So give us some ideas on how to pick a good guide or something of that nature. Yeah, well, what I do and, and what I've done my entire hunting life, when I'm, when I'm going somewhere I'm unfamiliar with, is I hire a booking agent. There are several booking agents around. In fact, I used to own a booking agency company called Safari Travel International. Um, subsequently, it's been closed. I had a partner who's passed away, and and uh, I no longer have, have that. But I used a booking agency to send me to locations that I was unfamiliar with to get started. 
then once I once I got there, I generally rebooked myself. Would because you, wherever you go, you're going to wind up making friends with that quarry company. It just happens. You're birds of a feather, and it works out very well. But there are several booking agency companies around. And the beauty of a booking agency is that that there's no extra cost to you. The book you book with the agency, and they are paid out of uh, whatever your your payments are. If you if you want to book to Africa or Asia or anywhere, they're paid by that outfitter, and it, it's a it's a percentage arrangement, and it, it goes you know anywhere from five to fifteen percent depending, but it doesn't affect your hunt or your cost at all. A real good booking agency that I like is in Wyoming, and uh, it's 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 far away, but very very effective. They're good at what they do. They know their outfitters well. They never they never book for somebody they've not been there to visit with. So they've they've got the experience along with everything else, and uh, that that's called safari travel. There's there's an agency there. Uh, in I believe it's in Cody, Wyoming. So use don't don't try to do it on yourself to get started with. Have somebody else that knows the territory book for you. There you can book. There's special agencies for Alaska for for any continent on the U.S. Uh, on the in the world other than uh, Antarctica. So that's what I would recommend, and it works out beautifully. They can help you with not only Selecting the animals you want to hunt and make sure that that's set up prior to your arrival. Also help you with your gun permits for travel and your travel arrangements. So they're a complete one-stop house. And uh, it, it's it's the only way I would go. So especially if you're doing something out of state. But even if you're just going to do, you know, uh, one day we'll talk about my last trip to Craig, Colorado, but it's still too sore of a subject. I'm not going to talk about it yet. But um, we went with six guys. We, they, we all had a good time, but, you know, there's things we would do differently, all of us. So uh, a booking agent's great because you don't, you especially need one. I mean, if you're going to do a hunt to Mexico, then you've got to deal with gun permits, which are very, very strict, um, or Canada. You know, any place you're leaving with a rifle, and if you want to bring your own stuff, you have to have those things right. And what if you shoot a, a giant eland and you want to bring it home? Well, now there's special permits, and, you know, it's too hard to do it on your own. And I think getting a professional like that involves a good idea. Now, you actually have a ranch up in Wyoming that you um, outfit for people, don't you? Yes, I do. And what's it's the name of that? Southeastern, southeastern Wyoming. It's in the Snowy Range Mountains. It's called the Mr. Lee Timberline Ranch. And it uh, it covers both uh, below the timber and, and in the timber. Uh Beautiful place. It abounds with elk, deer, and antelope. Also, bear, mountain lion, and a variety prairie, of things. Moose, and prairie dogs rock, and badgers. Prairie dogs, badgers, and moose. <laughs> uh, but it's a very nice place. Um, you can you can call a, a number if you're interested in booking an elk hunt or a deer hunt or an antelope hunt. Uh, you can call a 714 412 9002 and uh that get through to me on that 
and we'll get we'll get you set up. In order to hunt in Wyoming, you have to apply for elk by the end of January, by January 31st, mm-hmm. in specific areas or general tags. Deer, deer, and uh, antelope you've got until May now, or before it used to be March. So they've extended that application date. Uh, if you if you want to apply non-resident uh, for my ranch, you apply for a general tag, and then uh, uh, if you're unsuccessful, they'll make they'll have make you pay for the tag amount, but if you're unsuccessful, they return your money. So uh, it's, there's a, I think an application fee of $15. Yeah. You need a little uh, bit on the table, but not much. So here's, here's what it is, folks, is you have to put in for this drawing. Number one, you have to have your hunter safety certificate. So if you don't have that yet, get that in the month of December. Uh, Number two, as you apply for the drawing, there are two kinds of elk tags in Wyoming. There's the general and then there's a premium. If you really want to get drawn, you're pretty much going to have to pay for the premium. It is almost twice as much, but since, you know, we don't talk about actual prices on this show in case your wife's listening, uh, if you want to go, that's kind of just what you're going to have to do. Or you may have to wait three or four years generating enough points to draw on the general. So is time more important or a little bit of money up front? That's something to consider. So the application goes in 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 January, and then you find out about your drawing. A general tag can be used almost anywhere in the state. So you don't want to try and pick a specific zone. You want to get a general one because it can be used at that Lou's ranch. And then um, contact Lou. Let him know you're putting in. We did, uh, we had two hunters out there last year. Uh, The year before I had my knee surgery. So (laughs) I wasn't involved in there, but the year before that uh, we had several hunters that were very successful. I took my biggest elk there uh, that particular year. So it's a great ranch for elk. I mean, it's got deer and antelope too. I got a great antelope off of that also, but the ranch really, if you want to see a hundred, 200, 300 head of elk, (laughs) they're there. Um, we saw beautiful, big, big bulls this year, and uh, uh, John and Dan both both scored. Uh, I got a cow. That's all I drew for. But it, it's a great ranch, good fellowship. Uh, the people who are running it up there, uh, Russ and Kathy, his wife, you know, they got food's always hot and ready, and and uh, the place is clean and ready to go. So it's it's just a good time, and it's a beautiful ranch. It starts off. Well, you got alpine and pine forests all the way to the top of a 10,000 foot mountain. And it goes all the way down to like a desert plain where the antelope are. And uh, what, 6,500 acres or so, Lou? Yeah, it's, uh, um, it ranges in, in altitude from 7,000 up over 9,000 feet. Yeah, almost 10 and on the up- top of Coyote. And the yeah, back of it is all forest. And one side, the west side is covered, is bordered to forest. And the all the others are bordered by private property. And what happens is, you know, when activity happens, they all run into this ranch to hide. It's It doesn't suck. So <laughs> it's a great place Lou's got up there. And again, his number is 714-412-9002. 714 Four one two nine zero zero two. Lou, how many people can you take a year? Well, I could. I could probably take ten. 
I don't so, like to, I don't like to overdo it. I don't like to overdo it, but uh, um, I keep it. You know, keep it, keep it, keep the numbers low. It's yeah. it's uh, it's private, and it's I've had a a hundred percent success rate. Uh, other than one hunter, who uh, he had options. Wasn't, he had options. Yeah, yeah. he had, he had opportunities. He just couldn't put it together. Yeah. Hey, we're yeah. going to have to take a break. We're we'll going to have to take a break right here. We'll come right back with Lou Misterly, Lou Misterly Timberline Ranch, 714-412-9002. Have questions about handgun safety, local sports shooting events, or your Second Amendment rights? Just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Get practical advice. No sales pitch. Vince is a straight shooter when it comes to sharing his advice and years of gun experience. Whether you're a seasoned gun owner or a newcomer, at Bullseye Sport, they welcome everyone, especially ladies considering a firearm for the first time. When they go to our store, we want to give them something that they're going to feel comfortable with. And if you're looking to purchase a gun, ammo, or accessories... If we don't have it, we will get it for you. For all the answers to your rifle and handgun questions, just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport. 951-823-0211. Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Proud sponsor of the Firing Line Gun Show, Saturdays at 1 p.m. on AM 590. Follow Bullseye Sport on Facebook for your inventory updates or call 951-823-0211. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by CCW Safe by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. Spartans, lay down your weapons! Hey folks, Philip Naiman, Mulan Labe Saturday. That's kind of like how we had Thanksgiving. Um, we have Gabby Newsom, Newsom's Gabby Newsom's out there saying you can't have a turkey, you can't do this, you can't do that. You know what? Come and get it, Gabby. We're, we're celebrating. We don't care about you. I don't care anything that you're doing, man. You're you're quickly becoming irrelevant in our lives as people are saying the kind of a joke that you truly are. Yes, that's you, Gabby Newsom. All right, folks. So I'm sorry, but every time that guy comes up, it just irritates the heck out of me. He's 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 chafe. That's what he is. He's he's a chafing rash. Our governor is a chafing rash, and that's the best thing I can say about him today. All right, back uh, back on the show. Uh, trying to focus now after that uh, thought. Um, I have Lou Misterly. Lou Misterly is a great friend and an amazing hunter. Guys have got more experience than anybody I know. And I know a lot of guys have been out there a long time, but this guy has been there, done that twice. Uh, let's talk about Alaska. Um, I'm talking with some friends of mine. We're thinking about maybe the, uh, setting up a caribou hunt up in Alaska. Uh, Lou, what can you tell us about that? Well, I hunted Alaska. I hunted Alaska 15, 15 straight years. And uh, I'd go up uh, early early in the year and go fishing uh, after the ice off and then go back in the fall hunting. Um, caribou hunting is, if you're, if you're wanting to plant a caribou hunt, you, there are several very good outfitters up there. And uh, you, can, you can, there are some big barren, barren ground caribou in Alaska. And uh, there's also some, Certain areas with mountain caribou, but that's more that's in Canada. 
Alaska is is a, is a fantastic place to hunt. You know, they've got um, lots and lots of big game, some real special areas you can hunt. In, in Alaska, you can hunt anything from a deer-sized game up to stone sheep, grizzly bears. Uh, it just, it's just, it's a great place. I hunted Alaska for 15 straight years, and I bought the ranch in Wyoming. And I haven't been back now in several years. So uh, there's, uh, I, would, I, would, I would, once again, I would get a booking agency. And I would get one when you when you're going to hire a booking agency, ask them specifically what what kind of animals that they specialize in, uh, and you want one that specializes in Alaska, um, because there's there's a lots of outfitters in Alaska. Uh, most of them are good, some are maybe not, but uh, get a good booking agent and find out the best areas, and then. Have them set set you up. Um, I've I've taken some very big caribou in Alaska, and uh, you can, it's a place you can be more selective. Uh, caribou hunting is more more in a tundra than it is mountains or desert, and um, caribou are good to eat, although the the bulls are not as good during the rut. Once they start rutting, the quality of the meat goes downhill fast. But uh, I, 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 do you want me to tell you about uh, certain areas or certain people? Sure. I can sure. tell you. Well, uh, I can tell you that uh, I've hunted with some of the old timers in, in, in Alaska. John Grable, uh, unfortunately, passed away in a plane crash not too long ago. Was one of the original bush pilots. There were there were twelve bush pilots that stopped in Alaska after the war, and they never left Alaska. They call them the Dirty Dozen, and they're as good as it gets. They can they can fly and land anywhere. They can land you on a shoreline. They can land you on a mountain cliff anywhere. I mean, they're just good, depending on the plane they're using. Um, there was John Grable. There was Tony Oney. There was Jim Harrower. They called Hoppy. Um, Those just three of the, of the 12 that I knew very well. And uh, I, always, I always had them set me up with the hunts, take me to the best places. When you're hunting in Alaska, you can't fly the same day you hunt. You have to wait 24 hours. So you want to plan for that. You want to get into camp early, set up your camp, and then wait till the next morning before you can hunt. And and uh, it's it's so it, it, that's designed so you can't fly an area, spot an animal, land and shoot it. That's a no-no. You can fly the area, spot animals, land, set up camp, and hunt the next day. Uh, but that that's the way it should be, and that's the way it is. Um, given an opportunity to hunt Alaska, I highly recommend that you do it. It's it's a it's an experience of a lifetime. It's a great place. People there are very good, very nice, and uh, it's it's they've got some tremendous game there. So, caribou, moose, 
bighorn sheep, grizzly bears, black bears, mountain lions in the lower part. Mountain goats? Uh, great fish. Well, mountain goats, yes. Stone sheep, doll sheep. Do they have stone sheep in Alaska or is that British Columbia? Stone sheep are right on the edge of Alaska, uh, more more down towards Skagway in, in Canada. Yeah. Um, there are some that range over into Alaska, but uh, wait, if I wanted a stone sheep, I'd book out of Canada. Yep. And uh, go ahead. So, so most of the time, I mean, here's some of the things, let's say that uh, we're going to go do a hunt. So we use a booking agency, right? They help us with our airline tickets because there's a lot of things involved here. You've got to have a, a good case for your rifles. You've got to have your gear. You have to have a plan for taking the uh, meat back home. So you fly up and if you get two caribou, you got a lot of meat. So there's a, there's an expense there in shipping everything back home. So you, you fly up, you land in Anchorage or Fairbanks, wherever you're going. And then from there, you take another bush flight, so to speak, out to wherever they're dropping you off, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you're generally speaking, that uh, the lodge uh, is, is bush plane only. So you're not going to land in, in, in Anchorage or one of the bigger cities and, and then hunt right out of there. You're going to go out on a bush plane. And it's that that experience. It's great fun, either a float plane or a bush plane. And the uh, and the caribou hunt is basically migration, isn't it? I mean, you're not you're not going where the herds are. You're going where they're passing through. Is that correct? Exactly. Yeah, they migrate miles and miles. So, so you want to go in a. What if you picked a spot? They set you up, and the animals aren't coming. Do they pick you up, move camp to where they're at, or how's that work? They will. Yeah. If yeah. if. if is where you're at they'll move you when you book this hunt they'll book you at a time that the migration generally comes through so the migration will be close and and uh if you just happen to get in a location and they're migrating five miles from you then they'll move you five miles over to where the migration is but you will lose a day of hunting because you've flown that day you you will lose a day of hunting because you flew that day yeah, that's interesting. Okay, so you get up there now. Now we've we've taken our game, and you know maybe we've used a guide. Maybe we're on there on our own. So you pack it back, pack the usable meat back in Alaska. You have to bring the meat back, correct? Yes, in Alaska you cannot leave any meat in the field. I'm there. I'm even talking about rib cage meat. Can't do it. But you can leave the rib cage. You just have to clean the clean the the meat in between, right? You have to clean the meat in between or pack out the rib cages. Yeah. So that's that's a lot of work on there. I would highly suggest at my age you hire a guide for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or horses. Young and strong. Exactly. And then so now we fly back. Um, there's probably gonna have if everybody's successful, you know, you have a couple flights in, dropping people off, a couple flights out, taking the game, taking your gear, all that other stuff. You land back at the airport. What do you do with the meat now? Well, you take the meat. Uh, you can take the meat in to, to either have it processed, or uh, the the uh, outfitting company will will bulk cut it for you. You can you can pack it on a plane and send it home. Best to do that frozen if you can. How much does that typically cost? That kind of air freight. Well, it's it's gotten more expensive. Uh, 
not having been there in such a long time, I'm not sure what it is right now, but but uh, it was always a, uh, it was always an expensive proposition to get the meat home. Right. And they do have places you can donate meat to. So if you wanted, you know, you could take the best cuts and uh, what you want and then donate the rest of it. Right. Exactly. Okay. All right, folks, Philip, Philip Naiman, I'm here with Lou Misterly, uh, owner of Misterly Timberline Ranch. If you want to book with him this year, which I highly suggest, 714-412-9002, 714-412-9002. When you got him on the phone, talk about a, a trip to the trophy room because that might be worth the price of admission all by itself. We'll be right back after this. Hi, folks. Philip Naiman from Firing Line Radio Show. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated million dollars for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at ccwsafe.com. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Bonham, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentation of the women. <laughs> And to have large parties for Thanksgiving with no mask. Hey, uh, no mask gay. Yeah. Hey, folks, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show, uh, back here. Check out our podcast at firinglineradio.com. Um, you know, we are, we are making our stand here, folks. We want, to, uh, we want to stand up and do the right thing for the right time. And uh, joining me here on this show, I have Lou Misterly. Lou Misterly is a good friend of mine. And as you've heard the last several segments that we go through, and frankly, if you're just tuning in right now, where, where have you been? What, what's the matter with you? Anyway, go back and get the podcast because you want to hear about this man's experiences. Lou, um, you've hunted Alaska for 15 years. You've taken everything from mountain goat to Kodiak bear. Tell us your most memorable experience in Alaska. Well, they're all very memorable, but um, I think my sheep hunt. Uh, in Alaska were the most memorable. Uh, I can't talk about the polar bear because that was in Canada. But in in Alaska, uh, I hunted sheep. Uh, I've hunted sheep there several times and mountain goat. And it's quite an experience. I mean, it's, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a pack in hunt. You make a base camp. Uh, below the mountain. Were you on horses? On horses or backpacks? No, it's it's backpacking. Uh, I never did a horse hunt in Alaska, but I've done several in Canada. I've I've uh, done all backpack hunts 
for sheep and goat in Alaska. So they fly and, you in, uh, they fly you into the general area and then you just don't backpack your spike camp and going from there, right? Yeah, they'll probably they'll have probably have a base camp set up. So they'll fly you into that base camp and then from there you spot. You spot from afar. So you, a good spotting scope, great binoculars are very important. And uh once once you spot the sheep, they may even move the base camp. But it's important to be physically fit. That that's a key. You do a lot of climbing, especially sheep hunting. You'll do a lot of climbing, and you'll you'll uh, need a good a good accurate rifle, one that's got some range to it. Um, you know, good a good solid. Uh, I think a probably the bottom line would be a two eighty. Um, Ackley Improved would be better, but a 280 Ackley Improved is an excellent rifle for sheep. I've taken I've taken most of my sheep with 300 Weatherby, but uh, the 280 is adequate. You don't need a 338; it's it doesn't have the trajectory. So the big 30 calibers or the this, the the lighter seven millimeters with accurate bullets in them that that's what I would recommend. Uh, sheep are not as tough an animal to kill, but if you don't hit one good, they can put you in some real bad country. So you want to you want to kill them with the first shot. Uh, sheep, unlike goats, now goats are very difficult to kill. They're a tough, hardy animal, and they have stamina. They can they can carry some lead. So you want to be sure you have a a good solid rest and a good killing shot on a goat. And a sheep. So mounting honey. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the terrain. terrain. So the terrain we're talking about is you've got river bottoms in these canyons. Now it's not like Yosemite where you've got a nice big lazy river running down a big open meadow. Uh, the Brooks Range, Wrangell Mountains, these things have forty-five to sixty degree slopes that drop down into a very narrow bottom. Right, Lou? That's exactly right. And, and so. You know, well, well, you're shooting. A lot of guys get get messed up with angles and and uh, you know uh, a ballistic range versus a true range. You know those kind of things. And most rangefinders now have that figured out for you. But in the old days, they didn't. And the guys would be looking at an animal 700 yards downhill, but it's only 100 yards vertically. So they hold over and shoot way the heck over because it's really not 700 yards away. So the, that kind of a pitch, 45 to 60 degrees, that really can mess with somebody's head that it's that far away, but you don't use holdover because the horizontal distance is different. And, and we can have Rex come on and talk about all the cosines and tangents and everything else that comes into play with that. Just trust me, it happens. Um, and the other thing, what about your footwear? Because the terrain up there not only is it's steep and vertical, but it's kind of crumbly and rolling your ankle is almost inevitable. Is it not? Yeah. You want, you want the best pair of mountain boots you can get your hands on. Um, your ankles are important. Uh, you need a good solid steady boot. Uh, because, uh, if you're, if you either, if you get blisters or if you roll an ankle, you're done. That country up there is so difficult to get around it. It's rocky. It's shaly. There's a lot of a lot of slides. The brown slides that come off the top, you have to go across. 
and you need a good stout pair of boots. That's probably one of the most important things. Exactly. And and when you're talking about boots, there's different kinds. I mean, you you know, you go to a big old sporting goods place and you say you want a pair of hunting boots and like, oh, well, this has got 400 grains of insulide and it's got a rubber lug sole. Those are crap when you're dealing with this stuff. What what you need is an almost an alpine mountaineering boot. They're specifically designed. The soles are super stiff, so they don't twist and roll on you. You can actually implant with just a toe hold and the whole shoe doesn't cave on you. It's very, very important in that kind of terrain that you match your boot to your, your terrain. And, and the other thing is if you're going to be walking for miles and miles and miles, you don't want to get the stiff mountaineering Alpine boot where the ankles don't flex. So there's, it, it's a tricky thing. There's the right kind of boot to get for that terrain and you better not show up without it or you will be in trouble. That's, that's a fact. I got I got in trouble on, on one hunt uh, with a guy that that was a Iron Man who finished second in in uh, Hawaii in the Iron Iron Man, and we had to wind up switching. I gave him one of my boots, and he gave me one of his for my left foot because I'd had prior to that had ruptured my Achilles tendon, and uh, I had to have a special boot. And my ankles were chafing. My ankle was chafing, so he gave me his boot. But it, uh, the toughest hunting anywhere is sheep and goat, and that it just is. I mean, it's the altitude, it's it's the steepness of the slopes, it's the it's the unsteady footing, weather. Um, it's the weather. I mean, I've hunted sheep with. Blizzards blowing. I've hunted sheep with shorts on. Uh, I talk about long handles where you take your the rest of your clothes off and put them in your pack and just wear your long handles because it's so warm and you're climbing so steady that uh, you you can burn up. So it's it's probably my favorite hunting, uh, and it would be anybody that goes they're going to love it. But it's it is tough. It is tough, and and, um, and it's not it's not cheap. It's not cheap. No, it's so, not. Um, you almost have to move to Alaska, become a resident, and then go up there. <laughs> Save yeah. a bunch of money. But yeah, out, I mean, ridiculously hot. Yeah, it is. Um, go ahead. Well, it's just it is, and hunting is getting more expensive. It's just unfortunately, it's the way it is all the way around. Um, but if you're going to do one lifetime hunt, uh, doll sheep is a, is an amazing way to go. That's absolutely true. You might you might try to tie it in with a goat hunt while you're there. And uh, in a lot of cases, you'll see both in the same area. Yeah, that's very good. Okay, so your favorite hunting with sheep. We talked about Alaska, talked about getting a booking agent, um, talked about some of the gear. Let's talk about the rain gear because... If Alaska, if you're not being chased by a bear, it's raining on you, right? I think the two weathers they have, they have bear, bear weather and rain. That's fact. That's you don't want you don't want to use, you don't want to get anything that's rubberized. All right, so um, t- tell us about that real quick. Well, there's there's some great rain gear out there. Kuyo is a, is an excellent one, and there's others in addition to that. What you want? Back in my day, there was a lot of Gore-Tex worn, and uh, you know that's that's the uh, 
they, they called it breathable, but it was not as breathable as some of the new fabrics out there nowadays. You want a good set of rain gear, both both uh, both uh, jacket and pants. Right. Good set, good solid boots. And, and, and big enough, big enough over you so you can have um, insulating layers underneath. Don't get the little form-fitting ones over here off of uh, off the rack. You're going to realize you need to have a down jacket underneath for the bad weather. So um, that's a good idea. Hey, uh, Lou, I want to uh, just wrap this up here real quick. If you're interested in going to Timberline Ranch with us, 714-412-9002. Get a hold of Lou. He'll give you the details. Get a hold of me. I'll show you some pictures. Uh, Amazing elk, amazing place, amazing guy. Uh, Lou, thank you very much for being on the show, and I hope you had a great Thanksgiving and Merry Christmas. Thank you. My pleasure. Merry Christmas to you. Shoot, Felipe. Shoot. When you have to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, CCW Safe, Cutting Edge Bullets, Vortex Optics, Vortex, the force of optics, and by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. AM 590, the answer.